What's up, World Renowned Family? Welcome to the 2-6. I am your host, Neil Oates Jr., Mr. World Renowned, and I am sitting next to one of my favorite, no, my favorite, not even one of. Okay, good. My favorite person in the world, not just real estate, Miss Cindy. Was Cindy or Cynthia? No, no, Cynthia. Cindy. (laughs) Unless you have to look at my real estate license or my passport, and now they're like haunting me with it because that was like... Something as a child. I'm like, seriously? So Cindy Hayden is here with us. We're going to have fun, but I do need to lay some very important groundwork. So this is a disclaimer. 26 minutes, unedited, good, bad, ugly. You ready? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so see, we we can't even get started yet because this is foolishness right now. This this is the Cindy and Neil show, and this is every time we're together. Absolutely. Okay, so... I know who you are and I love you. So just tell people who you are and what do you do. I I know that what you do part is going to be difficult because you do so much. But just tell us who you are and give us a piece of what you do. Sure. Well, um, I recently became the Madeira Beach Real Estate Mermaid. I just made that up, but that's what I'm doing. I'm claiming it. I'm living into it. Is is there such a thing? There is. I just claimed it. Is there such thing as a Madeira Beach Mermaid? It's me. Okay. So, uh, wait, you know, are we doing this for 26 minutes? We're doing this for 26 minutes. This is what (laughs) I don't know. What do you want to do? See, I made the mistake of telling you that it's unedited, (laughs) and now this is where we're going. Okay. So, well, I could put on my professional professional hat. So, uh, I'm a realtor that serves the Tampa Bay real estate market. Okay. I've been doing that since 2006 with my husband and partner, Jack Hayden. And, what I do is we help buyers, sellers, investors who are looking to live in paradise, find their piece of paradise here. Okay, now that's the part that you chose to say what you do. But for me, I know you from real estate, from, you know, let's just say convention in Orlando and okay. all of our meetings, seeing someone who knew everything about insurance. And I was sitting across, and I'm like, man, this woman knows everything. And I think I watched you for maybe two years. And then come to find out the following year, we were in Leadership Academy class together. And they're doing introductions. And I'm like, that's the insurance lady. I know her. (laughs) She knows everything about insurance. So so just tell me, what is it? Because I know that you have a passion just about insurance and how it affects, you know, homeowners and their property rights and all that. Why insurance and how did you get into that? Sure. Well, thank you for asking that. Uh, Where we live here in Pinellas County, there's a million people. And in 2012, there was a law passed. It was called Bigger Waters by Congress. And what it said was uh, anybody that had the grandfathered insurance rates from FEMA, they would go away. And actually, it was worse than go away. They said, oh, by the way, we just passed it. But anybody bought a house in the last six months, you now, without knowing it, your rates went from what we saw was a 700% increase. So people, friends, neighbors. Were you affected personally by that? I was not personally affected. Okay, but but you you were just about to say But, I, but I had and... clients. I had clients I'd sold houses to that all of a sudden basically would have been foreclosed upon. I mean... But now, your realtor responsibilities were over. I mean, you sold them the house, mm-hmm. and that's their problem. Well, we don't live that way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, no. I'm saying... So, so that goes back to what I know about you. Right. Right? So there was nothing that said, Cindy, you have to do this. 
But uh, what we were talking about earlier tonight at dinner, when you say your clients, but your clients become your friends. Yes. Especially in this market. So mm-hmm. it's, okay, well, you can't do wrong by someone and then see them <laughs> the, the next week or right down the street at the next restaurant. Or Sunday's right? dinner. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No. And what happened, which uh, I was happy, is because we had those relationships and in this area, you were not required to have a elevation certificate. So nobody else, Congress included, didn't even understand what they had done. And because we had always advised our clients to have it, and because our clients are passionate and, and educated, um, they did the affidavits that got Congress to see and have that repealed. So um, I love advocacy as we, you know, we have that opportunity as realtors, right? right. And to be the voice and be the educator and help uh, protect our neighborhoods is important so to me. So are you, all of this, so this wasn't something that you were passionate about before. So you, uh, an issue came up, you saw it and you looked around like someone has to do something and why not you? Right. Okay. Right. And we're still fighting it because mm-hmm. we're ground zero for the whole country. We have 55,000 uh, homes in our uh, community that basically would not be affordable. They would basically be, you know, uh, eminent domain. It would be foreclosure, whatever, you know. Who can write a check that's in a $200,000 house for $12,000 for flood insurance right. on top of everything yeah. else? Right. Makes sense. So you hit me heavy with the with the good stuff. Now, guys, I want to assure you from here, <laughs> it's all downhill. <laughs> Now we're going back to the... Now, you know what? That reminds me. You said that Jack was your business partner, but you didn't say that you're better half. Uh, that was my mistake. The, so you were going to ask, like, that is a mistake. He is my better half. Yes. We, uh, we've been together for 33 years mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, couldn't accomplish stuff without him. I mean, absolutely. Now, the, the reason I say that is because at dinner tonight, I really got to know him and... Now that he's spoiling you and my wife, <laughs> I'm finding out how much I really, really, really sort of have a love-hate relationship with the man, <laughs> right? Because I love him because he shares you with me, but then I, I don't like the way that you guys are rubbing off on my wife, right? So uh, I, we, we, She we, likes it. <laughs> we, Joanna's we, happy. We, we've got to figure out something uh, about that. Now, I, I, well, something I want to just ask you real quick. Wait, wait. But, I know how to figure that out. What is that? If I could just teach you the most important piece of advice, which is a happy wife is a happy life. And, and you know what? My dad <laughs> my dad told me that. But you know, there's a second part of that saying there is? that people forget. And my wife knows this. Happy wife equals happy life. But the wife is never happy. Mm. That's, that's what my dad told me. Mm. Now... My dad, God rest his soul, isn't here. So I don't know if it was a natural cause that, that took him out of here or if it was my mom. But that's neither here nor there. No. So you were going to give me that bit of advice. So let me ask you, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Ooh. Ooh, from the peanut gallery, but it is good. Okay, okay, here okay, we go. Okay. And so, guys, so once again, why I say Jack is her better half, he just told her. He phoned her, a friend. He just phoned in the He answer. told her what the best piece of advice was. Now, is this Jack's advice or not? It's Jack's advice to me. Okay, all right, yeah. go ahead. What is it? So, um, I grew up in 
I want things to be fair. And so when I look around, just like with insurance, like I mm-hmm. want things to be fair. And when I find something not fair, I get really agitated. And so Jack is from Lexington, Kentucky. We met when we worked at IBM there. And he shares with me that life is not fair. Fair is a place you take your pigs. See, that's what you say. <laughs> Look, no. So, guys, my wife is sitting right off camera. This must be a country thing because I'm from Alabama. And my wife has heard hundreds, if not thousands of times, life is not fair. Life is life. If you want a fair, wait for it to come to town. <laughs> so that's why she's back here shaking her head. Jack's over wow. here. But but so on that, let me ask you, uh, since we're talking about fair. So I'm a firm believer, as I said, that life is life, right? Life is not mm-hmm. fair. You know, life is, you know, it gives us what it wants to give us and we have to deal. Um, so let me ask you, so what is it, what have you or how have you been able to embrace that? You know, with Jack telling you that, and now you you seeing it. Um, have you been able to fully embrace the hey, life is life. You know, there is no such thing as fair. Is that? And I'm sure there's a part of it in the personal side, apart from business. We're not talking about the insurance things right, like right. that. But I'm sure there have been challenges accepting that that I guess that mantra or that part, right? Yes. I mean, I think it balances both sides. So for me, what I bring to life is I do try to treat people fairly. I do, that is a compass for me in just how do I react. However, um, when I come into something that's not, you know, I'm lucky like you that I work for myself now. And for the most part, I get um, to... I, I don't work for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, when you watch this, I don't know what she's talking about. I work for you. Even though you're, I'm the broker, I work for you. I will always work for you. Okay, go ahead. You, you, you work okay. for yourself now. Okay. <laughs> you're not going to be able, you're going to be in a lot of trouble when I'm, you go home. Gosh, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go home and get a reclining couch for my wife now. Make sure that I take her to beachside restaurants mm-hmm. that are actually open mm-hmm. at night. All kinds of stuff. And, and, and she has to have a soft blanket and a heated blanket. Oh, okay, but but now that good. you work for yourself, go yeah. ahead. Did, I didn't throw you off, did I? No. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, I have come to appreciate there's there's ranges in there. On the same hand, you know, I do have some luxury to not invest a lot of my time and energy around things that aren't fair right so i mean if it's something i can't i think you know going back to what you were saying we become what we surround ourselves with and so if i get clients or i get other things that are just and and the word that comes to mind in real life probably more than anything and you and i've talked about this with the veep is you know I have no tolerance for bullies, which to me is the unfair at the extreme where someone right, uses right. power to take advantage, mm-hmm. right? And so that just that just makes me want to be a mama bear for everybody. Right. It's like, so, um, but I do, when there's disappointments, like, you know, if, if there was an opportunity that didn't come my way, say, at the board or something else, you know, that part of, even if you were the more qualified or whatever, I mean, that part of just more, I think my compass is, is not my time, right? Mm-hmm. Then not fair. Like, I'm right. just, you know, uh, I don't really like to be a victim, but I guess 
for me, the the thing is not letting other people be victimized. Be, you know, so that's how it's supposed to go. Okay, so being in in real estate and well, just in your life and your career, um, right now you are a leader, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, people see you. I know I've seen you for years, and I'm like, wow, I see what she's doing. Uh, let's first talk on the fun part, on the personal side of it. You, you and Jack, your two sons, what does it mean? What has leadership meant for you guys and for you as a mom, wife, uh, as a business owner? What has leadership meant for you, just Cindy, personally? And, and, and what role does that play in how you, you know, live your life? I think actually some of the earliest or, or best leadership growth happened in the family unit because when Jack and I got married, he was a single parent and had two children, so we became a blended family. And so who I had to become as a step-parent to step into the fact that I remember the, the realizing that if, if all relationships in the world were like a parent-child relationship, that there'd probably never be war because my experience as a parent, even as a step-parent, is it's ne- never say, oh, well, I'm only giving 50% and you have to give 50% or, you know, it's I'll give 100% to you, you know, just that you're right. that committed, right? And so I think as a leader, you know, being able to show up and and be the best you can be for the good of everybody and get every, you know, to, to put your own needs not primary, that it's, that that's a big piece of it. And I think that goes out and I have a, you know, a thought now that, leadership is about service it's not about ego right Right. so a lot of people get caught up in title and power and all that but you know the best leaders don't even have a title people just are inspired and follow them so now we're going to go to the leadership side on the on the professional Mm -hmm. but but it's not i'm not going to ask you to talk or say anything but do you remember during leadership academy The moment we we bonded, we were on the low ropes course, and I looked at you, and you had made a comment, and I looked at you, and in essence, I was like, does it even, why would you say that? Is that necessary? And, and but now that's one thing I loved about you from the time I met you. I knew that if it was something that was worthwhile and needed to be said, you would say it. And if it wasn't worthwhile and it wasn't necessary, you might just sit there and look with this look right here and just just see. And and that's where I believe that you have a little bit of Alabama in you. So sort of like uh, Patty uh-huh. uh, Ketchum, uh-huh. she just looking, she just mm, <laughs> bless your heart. That that bless type you. deal. Okay, so and Debbie Kirkland. I think that's I, I, where I get some of it. That girl so speaks I the met, truth. So I was, I saw Debbie Kirkland at the Jacksonville Ari Bar mm-hmm. Camp, and I got a few moments of her time. And yeah, you definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's one that. If, mm-hmm. She just speaks truth. No, no. With that, what I know, I have my feelings. What are your feelings about uh, just life today with people reluctant? to speak the truth and then other people being rude and say, I'm just being truthful. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so we know there are two extremes. So first, what about the people who are, what are your thoughts on people who, well, I don't want to be truthful. I don't want to be honest. Let me try to play and maneuver and manipulate uh, that. that I know how you feel about it, but go ahead and tell the people how you feel about that. She hates it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Go ahead. ahead. I think it's getting to be um, a harder walk to walk. Mm that I, I think we 
what I've experienced is losing the ability to have conversations and this, you know, polarization. And so for me, I think there's levels and, and where I speak my truth. And by that, I mean, as a realtor, in many ways, we're like, I think of it as like ambassadors of our town, mayors of our town. And so I serve everybody equally. I show up, you know, it doesn't matter to me if someone's political, religious, whatever, you know, sexual, or it doesn't matter. I just want to get help them the best way. Um, that being said, it's, it's hard to, in that realm, in the, in the business realm, I think that, that the sadness is that more people are withholding, which is causing more friction. I grew up in Jacksonville during, um, desegregation Mm -hmm. and I was bused to school um, on one side and the other, and there was a lot of tension, a lot of violence, mm-hmm. and 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 so I struggled through that experience of people coming together, like finding that you know you take all this and then you, and everybody comes together, and 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 we were all products of just what was going on in the time, and I, and then from there I just felt we made so much progress, mm-hmm. and I think there I think you know there's some sayings that say we're only as healthy as our secrets. Mm-hmm. But I think social media, I think technology is, is people are in silos. And so I would say the opposite. People are, are stuck in only their truth. Mm-hmm. There, there's not space to say, huh, you know, yeah. and influence and, and converse. And we all come from a certain view, but it doesn't mean it's the only view or right. the right view, right? right? And so no, making no, a right. space to have thoughtful conversation is is an art and it's harder and harder you know you can't do it in a text you can't do it in a facebook post in my opinion right right? it's investing in really staying curious and Mm open-minded and so um and so i would say that you know um in some things i'm comfortable speaking my truth but in those cases a lot of it is more about because I can impact my own life and that's okay, right? If I speak my truth about my weight or if I speak my truth about, you know, my journey as a realtor, then I have the, the right to share my truth. But kind of like photos on the phone, I don't have a right to necessarily share someone else's right, truth. Right, I respect absolutely. that each person has to come to it and the level of the relationship defines a level of what truth is. So, so guys, what Cindy is talking about when she says photos on the phone, <laughs> I catch my wife in compromising positions with, you know, toothpaste coming down the side of her mouth with her hair all out of whack. And you guys never see my best material because like a smart husband that I'm learning from Jack, uh, <laughs> I let my wife go through and she edits all the photos. She deletes the ones that you guys, the ones that you guys should see that I want you to see that you guys will never get to see. I would never put that out uh, without my wife's consent. That's why we just celebrated two years uh, on January 12th. <laughs> uh, now I'm trying to make it to three. And Lord, that is hard because I have some really good photos. I have some good stuff uh, when I wake up. And then when she sees my phone, it is all uh, deleted. So uh, let me ask you. So you, I know you talked about, you know, your truth about your weight, mm-hmm. right? And so I've seen you, I've known you, but I've seen you transform 
not only physically, but this Cindy now is a different Cindy than when we met, mm -hmm. right? Just energy wise. Mm -hmm. So we're here at your house. You're back in your space, back where you're supposed to be at the beach, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so do you want to talk about just what it meant, you know, just coming back and, you know, just beach living and beach lifestyle? Like, like you said, the sandals and the flip-flop type of lifestyle. Um, why don't we park there first? So you guys were living inland mm -hmm. for a, a number of years, mm -hmm. and then you came back to the beach. Mm -hmm. What did it mean to life and to Cindy to come back home to waterfront, beachfront, you know, flip-flop and sandal life? So they say that the quick, the easiest way to change anything is to change your environment. Mm -hmm. And I never felt that so powerfully as when we came here and I felt like all of a sudden it was finding my soul, my happiness, my, you know, mm. this amazing, I can just be here every day and I'm, I'm just thankful and happy. And so I didn't realize because I, you know me, I'm a happy person. I'm not a complainer, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really realize how much I'd, I'd really suppressed or just forgotten how much i don't know if you've ever gone somewhere and you're like i forgot how much i mean yeah. but i like it was like falling in love again it was just that kind of joy and happiness and and also this it was the catalyst that created all the other growth mm -hmm. um so, so, so let's go ahead and jump into, so that was a catalyst that, you know, created all the other growth. So let's first talk about, or mainly talk about the physical transformation sure. and what came off of that. Yeah. So as I say, this Cindy I'm seeing now is not the Cindy that I met. Right. So tell me, tell the people who the Cindy I met was and where you are and what you're doing and what got you back in love with Cindy and saying, I'm going to do this for me first and then everyone else around you is going to, you know, they're going to reap the benefits. Mm -hmm. So so how did it start? What happened? And, and like I said, just tell us who, who Cindy was and who she is now. Yeah. So I had an opportunity six months before we made the move to... Um, go to a three-day retreat with my business coach, um, Joe Stump, and really talk about all of us learn things at a young age. There are patterns that no longer serve us. Mm -hmm. And so it's a gift to have somebody that can help myself discover or anybody discover what that is and, and be at a point where you can I could choose differently. And so what came out of that for me was that I had grow, grew up wanting to please other people, but, but it was always focus more on them than myself. And more that, while that sounds good, taking care of myself and, and ha you can't give away what you don't have. Right. Right. And so really, you know, you talk about Jack, there is nobody more disciplined, focused, you know, uh, steadfast on health, self care, all those things. I mean, he's a model of what it looks like to be committed to that. And so when we got here, uh, and you noticed, you got to go up and down the stairs, right? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking that I wasn't going to say anything. I was like, Lord. I said, man. And then I'm walking behind Jack, and Jack is running up the steps. And I'm like this. I'm like, I'm looking. I'm like, I can't see. That's another reason I don't like Because my wife was like, he ran up the steps. He ran up the steps. And I'm like this. I'm like, you shut up. You know, but love you, baby. Okay. Well, here's the deal. So we kind of looked at each other and, and we were like, you know, we want to be here living fully for a long time. And the stairs were really this outward sign that was like, 
your ass is big and it is like a heart. This is like work getting up and down. You might not be here too long. And that really was the catalyst. So uh, because we only have 26 minutes, I'll cut it short. But basically, uh, I weighed 260 pounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the last nine months, I've lost 82 pounds. Come on now. And uh, the, the, the surprise of all of it is that in that process, uh, I, I've been able to share my story just authentically mm. only to give hope to people who may have had failures and frustrations and given up hope. Cause I had really, uh, I had told a friend, like, I don't think I can do this. I don't, you know, before the, the change. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so what's been really cool is there's over 350 of my friends, family and extended people who are now hopeful and making changes. And to me that gives it all a purpose, mm. right? That is the greatest gift. Now, now, when you started, this was something that you and Jack, you guys, were for yourselves. You weren't saying, oh, I'm going to do this so, uh, so I can get someone else on. No. You were like, so you were finally being selfish in a good way. Saying, hey, we've got this place. We've got to be able to enjoy it. So we've got to figure something out. And then because you took action, people around you started saying, hmm, if she did it, if she's doing it. And then you started telling your story. They mm-hmm sort of picked up and even more than that because you know i'm an i i'm an extrovert i like to you know be seen and but it was for the first time in my life i actually for five months nobody outside of my family and my very closest friends even knew because i had failed so many times that i wanted to i just felt like you know private before public mm-hmm. and this wasn't a gimmick it wasn't anything other than my journey and then five months in, I trusted that I was on my path. And so I could speak about it publicly and feel like it was a forever thing. It wasn't a diet. It, right. was, it was a lifestyle. And, you know, so that that was, again, it was a very private journey, but very powerful looking back. And now it's public to the extent that that I can share it in a way that encourages others. So I, I know that there's a lot of your story. So we talked about decisions that you and Jack had to make, you know, as far as employment years ago, and then always being willing to take the next step, mm-hmm. right? When there's fear right here, because mm-hmm. it's comfortable in what we know, right. there's a level of fear and uncertainty right there. But what I've heard is a consistent pattern of, okay, we know there's fear right here. We don't know what's on the other side, but we're going to find out together, mm-hmm. right? So what is it? I mean, have you always been that way? Have you always said, okay, you know, I know we're comfortable here, but I want to grow? Does that come back from, you know, you growing up? Or is that something that you learned as an adult? Or you just got tired of being safe and, and wanting to take chances and calculated risk? I mean, what is it that forces you almost to say, you know what, I don't want to remain comfortable. I want to grow. I want to see what's out there. What is it? It's funny that one of the best things that my parents ever conveyed to me, and it wasn't so much said, but it was I could accomplish anything I set my mind to. And what I've realized is that it gave me the gift of not being afraid to fail forward. And I meet a lot of people like you where fear is so debilitating. It just is this wall they can't get through. And so, I mean, I'm the, I'm probably the only girl that at 260 pounds signed up for seal fit and thought heart was all it took, you know, I was like, 
that's the definition of an optimist right, right. there. Right. <laughs> but you know, I got through it. I survived, and mm-hmm. you know. But yes, it's that's the that is a gift that if again when we think as parents, what we give people, our mm-hmm. kids, the the ability to believe they can do anything they set their mind to is powerful. But how how quickly do we as parents forget that we don't take our own medicine? Right. right? So we want to tell our kids, you can do it, anything you want to, and then we're like, yeah, I'm gonna go over here and do something I hate doing right. while I'm sitting there sending you off to school saying, go be awesome, you can do it. Right. And then we're back here in our safe miserable bubble mm-hmm. right all right so you're good I'm fantastic good. okay so now here's the part where it gets kind of dicey okay rapid fire questions okay. we're down to the last maybe 45 seconds depending on how well okay. you answer the questions Uh-oh. if you do a horrible job <laughs> it's gonna go even longer we'll keep it going all right are you ready ma'am i'm ready don't look don't look oh, at don't the look, don't look, look at, at you look at you, me. you and me is, okay. okay here we go favorite color blue favorite food I don't know. Right now it's hamburgers for keto. With know. no bun. With no bun. Okay, there okay, we go. There we go. Favorite number? 14. Why? It's my birthday. Okay, good answer. Superman or Batman? Superman. Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse? Mickey Mouse. A nickname that your family calls you? I don't have that, but my girlfriend called me Bubbles. Okay. Mm-hmm. One talent that you don't have that you wish you did? Singing. You can't sing? Not well. You want to go on? <laughs> so, have, have you ever tried to sing? If I could sing, you couldn't get me off a stage. But when Jack and I retired from IBM, we did karaoke together and we sang, um, Take This Job and Shuffle. It. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> one thing, now this is besides Jack, mm-hmm. one thing that you can't live without. Sunsets. Sunsets. Hey, you know what? I had it here for you. <laughs> Favorite movie? Is there one movie that you watch over and over, and, or that you could watch over and over? No, I'm not that girl. So, so you're not a movie mm-hmm. person. Me. Either. Jack could. Jack. Could. Groundhog Day. If you guys heard that off camera, <laughs> Groundhog Day. All right. So if you guys want to get Jack anything, get him Groundhog. It's really Day. the Christmas story. That's the one he watches oh, yeah, over and over. Mm-hmm. And your favorite book. A book that made a huge impact in business for me, and it still is The Speed of Trust. Mm, Covey. Yeah. Stephen Covey. Junior. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I, girl, look at her. I got you. I got you. Cindy Hayden, you are off of the hot seat. Thank you so much for hanging out with us at the 2-6. Good stuff. And uh, Jonathan Dolphus, if you're watching this episode... <laughs> or Carlos Melendez, or anyone else that's not with Neil and Cindy, Team Cindy. You guys know. We love you guys. Take care. We love you. Sorry you couldn't be here. Sorry you can't be here. Maybe one day. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know. It's my show. Maybe you'll never be. I don't know. You got to work up to it. Just saying. I'm just. I can't believe you said. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Bye. Peace. Love you guys.